as we're celebrating today, um, I want to point out that especially um, most of the people in seats right now and people that are downstairs, um, you are Restore Church. You're Restore Church just as much as anybody up here. And um, we're thankful to be part of this community. Um, several weeks ago, we had, actually a few months ago, we had a scavenger hunt with several of our team members, our volunteers that come and serve on Sundays and beyond. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We had some um, interesting photos from the event, um, some that I will hold for ransom. Um, might use one day, might come in handy. But something that we did that we announced is that we were ordering some new t-shirts. We hadn't had t-shirts. We're not a church that does a whole lot with our logo, a lot of marketing. Um, but the t-shirts, it's a, it's a great thing. And we have some great shirts that are very soft. Um, and so today, we actually, to celebrate so many of you who gave us your t-shirt size, we ordered a t-shirt for you. Um, and so make sure, I think, we're, I think they're in the back at this point. Yes. Yes, they're in the back. Um, if you haven't grabbed yours, yours has a name tag on it. So if you gave somebody your T-shirt size, you have a T-shirt waiting for you. Um, and so I just want to say we love you, you guys, so much. And there's and there's certainly like a handful of people that aren't able to be with us this morning, but um, you are Restore, and um, you are what makes this a church. This is your church. And so thank you for being part of this journey with us, and um, we're excited to see what the Lord has in store for us. All right. I also have some announcements. Um, two exciting things coming up this week. Uh, today and tomorrow night, our next season of Neighborhood Collectives launch. Uh, we have um, some really cool discussion content planned for this season. Uh, we have food and we have prayer. So the first Neighborhood Collective meets actually right after our worship gathering today in the living room just down the stairs. That's at noon. And then our other Neighborhood Collective meets on Monday nights at Ian and Andrea Howard's house. All that info is in your program. There's a you know, location info in your program for neighborhood collectives. Love for you to join us during this season. Also, we are launching our next season of English language lessons for our friends in City of Refuge. Uh, that's going to start Wednesday night at the living room from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We're going to go every Wednesday for seven weeks into late November, I think right before Thanksgiving. And we have some, uh, we've, we've kind of improved the curriculum, and so we're going to get even better as we go along and we would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, no previous experience required. If you can speak English, you can teach it. And it's just a, an, a very simple but powerful opportunity to welcome people who have left suffering, who have left and try, or are trying to restart their lives in a new place, and to have Americans or, or English speakers welcome them and help them kind of adapt into this culture is a big deal. And so we hope you'll participate in at least one of those evenings that we meet in the Living for English Language Lessons. Also, in your program, there's a connection card. So if you have any questions about what I just mentioned, you can fill that out. Give us your contact info. Most of you guys, I think, are in uh, our database. But if you're not and you're not getting our, our regular updates, please fill that out. If you have any prayer requests, please fill that out on your connection card. We want to be praying for you. You can also do that via our app. You can download the Restore Church app. Um, you can listen to sermons on there. You can give on there. In fact, um, our executive pastor, Dusty, is going to be sending out a financial update later tonight. You're going to get that. We try to update uh, our church community on our financial picture once a quarter. And so definitely read that because there's some stuff in there we need you to know. Other than that, I think that's about it. We're going to dive in. We're celebrating. Do you need me to? Oh, I'm in the shadows. Is that better? Um, 
So we're celebrating seven years of our church community today. And I'm not sure if you realize the, the symbolism behind the number seven in Scripture. Um, it is the most holy and significant number in Scripture. There are over 860 references to this specific number in the Bible, which is far more than any other number. It's known as the number of completeness and perfection. So we've got it all figured out. Like we can call today as a church. Like this is it. This is our, our last Sunday since we're perfect. There are seven annual holy days uh, on the Jewish calendar. The seventh day of the week is known as the Sabbath, the day of rest, which if you've been part of Restore for a while, you have heard that ad nauseum. Like we talk about rest and Sabbath a lot. The seventh day of the week is also known um, as, as they I already said that. In scripture, Jesus performed seven miracles on the Sabbath day in the seventh year is also known as the Sabbath, Sabbath year, which is the year of rest. And that's what I hope for each person in this room. Rest. A specific kind of rest that we talk about in our church, and that specific definition when we, is something we want for our church, our family, our neighbors, our kids. So we've been teaching this series called Why Church over the last uh, few weeks. And it's one, one of the reasons we do church. Why church? Because more than anything, we want people to find rest in Jesus Christ. That's why our church exists. This is why we are here today. Whether you believe that or not, or you're curious about Jesus, we want you to find rest in him. So it could be you're a longtime member. Could be a new, you could be a newcomer. But it's something we are continually seeking and trying to discover is how to find rest in Jesus Christ. And when I think of someone finding rest in Jesus, I think of my favorite story in scripture. And so that's what we're going to read today. It's Luke chapter 8, verses 41 through 48. I'm going to read the first section, and then we're going to, uh, we'll read the next section here in a few minutes. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came, and he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And as Jesus was on his way... The crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. And we'll stop there, but what sticks out to me about this first part of this story, among many things, is that this woman had reached her limit in life. She had had enough. She had suffered bleeding nonstop for 12 years. She had sought healing on her own. For these years, she knew as a woman that she should never touch a rabbi, let alone break Levitical law, since technically she was unclean. Like if you read Leviticus 15, you would know that she's violating not only social custom, but uh, religious law by reaching out and touching Jesus' cloak, which is why she sought him out in a crowd, hoping that he would not detect the violation. But she was desperate for healing. So she took this enormous risk because she had reached this limit of trying to fix the problem by her own means. She had, she had even reached her limit of the law. Being a Jewish woman, she would want to submit to the law. And she was like, I can't, I can't even submit to that anymore. I must have healing. I must go outside of that. Willing to, to break that law in order to find healing and renewal and rest. So she touched his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the, whole, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Everyone's touching you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. 
And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And this is what rest looks like. I, I try to put myself in her shoes, imagine her relief of not only nonstop bleeding, but violating a social custom, violating religious law, not only violating religious law, but in the midst of a rabbi, in the midst of God, and the fear that she might be facing as he responded, like, who touched me? I felt power go out from me. And when he says, daughter, your faith has healed you, go in peace, like shalom, like complete rest, complete safety and healing in Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of rest that I constantly seek in my life. That's the kind of rest I want for our church community to seek for ourselves and for others as well. Because humanity, we have this tendency to put a lot of faith in institutions that have limits, like money. Like every month when I look at our family budget, I'm like, I wish I had more of that. Don't we all look at that? Like, wouldn't life be easier if we just had a little bit more um, education? Our careers, we put, a lot of, uh, we put a lot of our faith and our hope in that. Cars, Google Maps, the HOV lane on 270, which always disappoints. All right? I, I don't know what it is about, like, why do we even have that? The red line, I don't have to use that, but I know some of you are like, ugh, the red line. Single tracking on the weekends. Science, reason, self-help, the American dream. I saved the best for last. Our government which is going very smoothly right now, right? Everything is in order. But we have a tendency to put at least some hope and some faith in everything I just listed. Even though many of these things I listed have routinely and continually disappoint us and rarely bring us actual rest or make us feel safe and renewed. None of those institutions do. There's only one institution that won't disappoint us and that's Jesus Christ and that's where we seek rest and that is where we invite others to seek rest another interesting contextual note that is obvious but maybe we don't think about it with this woman in this um, first century story is that she didn't have podcasts she didn't have Netflix the internet Facebook likes Instagram comments retweets or a smartphone she didn't have these constant hits of dopamine to numb her to the pain that she was experiencing. Right? She had reached her limit and there was no escaping it. We have all these. We can, we can like, get that dopamine hit and that escapism by having means available to us that she never had. And sometimes instead of embracing, uh, embracing the awareness of our limits, of our pain, we just numb ourselves to them, don't we? We all do that. Now, I can't follow you around this week during your life, uh, probably living a little too busy, a little too frenetic, maybe a little too overly entertained, but I've got you now. I've got you for like the next five or 10 minutes. So let's have a moment together of self-awareness. It's our seventh anniversary as a church. So why don't we, church, take a moment, a breath, to engage in the rest that comes only through Christ. So I want us to think about 
um, our awareness of our pain and our frustration and our limits. Now I could give you a bunch of directions and next steps and I could make it sound like good news. Like I could do that. I could give you some bullet points that are gonna, you're gonna, you could nod your head and be like, yeah, yeah, I think that'll help. I'm gonna do that, but it would just lead to disappointment. All right? Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. So instead of doing that, um, I want to take a moment and let the great physician do his work because we can't perform surgery on ourselves. Only Jesus can do that. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment because it's going to help you eliminate distraction. And I want you to imagine the answer to these questions as your eyes are closed now. Where is there tension in your life? Where are you hurting right now? Where have you reached your limit? I still close. Now I want you to imagine that Jesus just walked into this room. I want you to imagine what he looks like. And now he locks his gaze on you. He sees you. He feels your pain. And he wants to give you rest. And now he sits down next to you. And he puts his hand on your shoulder. Keep that image in his presence right there as I pray for you.